0: Wednesday morning in Dallas, Texas. Happy spring. I
1: think it's the first day of spring. I
0: don't really know much about the
1: season. I don't know either, but I do know that it ain't the way it was when I grew up. What do you mean? I mean, by now, I was swimming and stuff. And I mean, In mid-March, really? Everything has been pushed back like 45 days. Yeah. Everything starts 45 days later, at least weather-wise than it used to. I did
0: come to work. I'm in a hoodie right now, but I, I walked outside with the hoodie this morning, mm-hmm. and I was not sweating. No, and, but now it's later in the day, and I'm t-shirted up, and I'm fine. Well, it's still frigid in this office, though. If you were to spend a lot of time here, like, we wear jackets in the summer mm-hmm. in this office. It's crazy. Frigid is an interesting word. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a fridge right there's there. There's one right <laughs> yeah. there. If uh, you guys are sitting in that.
1: I'm Bobby Corella. You're Jeff Skin Wade. Welcome to our weather podcast. Yeah, and uh, today Dude, we we're going to talk about... With love to be on a weather podcast yeah. you know that's his real passion in life, oh yeah right? he's a he, he weather loves nerd all things
0: surus. yeah and uh yeah I, well there's a rotation cloud right <laughs> over there right now i'm gonna leave the broadcast
1: and go see what this is about this is his busy time of year then because it's about to be tornado season dude when there's tornadic house. activity which i think is a made-up thing that weathermen just started saying <laughs> like three years ago to have some marketing stuff but uh yeah if there's tornadic activity followwell is on the go well, we bro. did get where was, in Denver, the bomb cyclone? Okay, did you go to that? Were I was on that I trip? was not there, no. Okay. Man, those pictures were nuts.
0: Yeah. I was in Detroit whenever, what was that? I don't even remember what it was called. The Arctic. Or, was there an Arctic blast Arctic freeze or That was whatever. during
1: the Porzingis trade, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: that was, we were sitting in Detroit and it was like minus 30 outside. But once that news broke, it got... Super hot in my hotel room.
1: Yeah, I bet. And so on that trip, was Dwayne Price wearing an actual crocodile? Oh, my God. <laughs> he was just head <laughs> he to toe, no, no. just bare fur. He had a crocodile. <laughs> dr- just an, an, it wasn't even a coat. It was just a live crocodile
0: Dude, draped over his body. I, I'm not like a... I mean, I'm I'm a cold person, I guess. Well, let me... I ice like cold. I like being cold. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm Nobody's cold. ever said that. Yeah, I, I like being I cold. I enjoy being cold. Like, I'll keep it a couple degrees cooler in my apartment just so that I... Feel something, you know okay. what I mean. I don't like being warm. It's always ice cold. Warm I do or I, hot. I don't like either, either. Really? Like I, I don't like. I need
1: air conditioning or a fan or like, something. Like I don't want to like, be I need hot something. and I don't want to be cold. But I'm okay being cool or I'm okay being warm. I don't mind shivering. Really? What? The, yeah. Nobody has ever. You're the first yeah. person in the history of the world that's ever said I, like I don't mind shivering. I like it, man.
0: I, I get so tired of the summer. So I like it whenever it's like. A little, you know, like you feel like you need to put on a hoodie or something, or a blanket, or uh-huh. at least like kind of like, you know,
1: sort of do the fetal position snuggle thingy. I need some sort of Twitter poll. If you're listening to this right now, I want to know if you're okay with Bob's opinion that it's okay to shiver. Do you like it hot, or do you like it cold? Some like it hot. Some like it hot. Great but movie. Other Wilder movie. Others like it cold. Uh, well, apparently other me, you're the guy. Other likes it cold. No, but you, I mean, co- you like to shiver. That is, yeah. that is an extreme. I like being a little
0: uncomfortable because then you could like walk and run around and like because I'm a uh-huh. fast walker, so I start okay. like sweating, and I'm a big sweater too. So okay, I need it like like one who sweats, not like a. I'm wool. like
1: I need to dig up some '80s pictures when I had <laughs> some big Cosby sweaters that I used to wear. Oh, oh yeah. man, they were so bad. Yeah, just itchy and just, yeah, like, nasty. '80s sweaters were brutal. So, uh, anyway,
0: I I, I like being cold, so I kind of was looking forward to that trip, but Mm -hmm. even that was, like, that was way too much for me. I'm wearing, like, an undershirt, a long-sleeve button-down shirt to look nice, like a pullover over that, and then a giant hoodie over that with gloves and, like, three hoods, and Mm -hmm. and even then, I was like, I needed a face mask. It was disgustingly cold. Wow. So, I can only imagine what it was like in Denver.
1: Yeah, uh, that was, that looked brutal, um, but they survived, and... Man, there should have been a uh, that should have been a miraculous signature win for young Luca. Yeah, he's had he's had some rough uh, free throw moments here in the last couple of weeks. Hadn't been a great free throw shooting season at all for him, but it has certainly uh, been exacerbated the last couple of weeks by some clutch misses, including what happened on Dirk's night. Yeah, on Dirk's night, he Speaking could have sealed that Dirk's thing. Skin. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that that was a that's a tough way to lose a game. There's yep. been a there's been a few of those lately. But you know, what wasn't tough. What? watching history oh my god he made it look so easy yeah that was the thing so going into that night this is of course what monday march 18th against the new orleans pelicans dirk started the game needing four points to pass wilt Mm -hmm. for sixth place on the all-time scoring list almost got it done on
1: saturday uh yeah he had that 10-0 dirk run to get it close because i think he had two at half yeah, uh, he had four entering the fourth quarter. Yeah, okay. I don't know what he had at halftime. And but he was missed a couple free throws right before that oh, run. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I think he missed three or four for the game. Yeah. I mean, and wh- what's going on with him? He's missing free throws, that too. It doesn't it's make sense. wild. It's something's in the water. Who should we blame? Uh, I don't know. Who do you want to blame? Mm, Rick? Rick? That's you, a joke, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Rick is like just commanding them to. <laughs> it, it, to miss free throws. it it reminds me of the old Bill Parcells thing where he'd say, "I don't coach penalties." <laughs> 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 Rick's like, "I don't coach missed free throws, homie." Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's just a weird aberration. It is one of it's
0: just one of those things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he had four points playing play Cleveland at the time. They were up, I don't know, fifteen twenty points. It was kind of a feel-good game. Mm-hmm. Then Dirk, all of a sudden, they, Cleveland starts making a run, so it's it's kind of a – it's like, what, 10 or 12 points. Dirk checks in, hits that fade away from the corner, falls to the ground, but it's nothing but net. Yeah. And then I think he made a couple free throws, and then it was bang, bang, couple threes in mm-hmm. a row, and all of a sudden the place is <laughs> just like – Going ballistic because nobody there, even even I mean you and me, I I did not think there was any chance that he was going to do it. Eighteen points is that's a that, lot. For it's him. a lot
1: of points, and especially with the way the game started. So, uh, you know, he uh checked in with right under six to go with Devin, right? Yeah. When he was sitting on fourteen, and then it was one of the bottom five officiating moments I've ever seen. When Leon Wood called an offensive foul where oh, Dirk awful. barely grabbed a dude's wrist, like you see that a hundred times in any game. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So that was terrible. But then, you know, there's some efforts to get him. He got some shots that didn't drop. So uh, I was, when we do Mab Saturday night on the broadcast, I'll do a walk-off interview on the floor, right? And so I have to be down there and ready to go. So I usually leave the, our little broadcast position with about two minutes of game time. And I'll kind of, you know, lurch, lurch down underneath the, the, the bucket so I can go right out on the floor. That's how you found yourself mired in that late
0: game uh, thing with the Timberwolves.
1: With Derrick Rose. Yes, yes, yes. That's the exact same situation. So there was a, I'm trying to remember, I think the Cavs were down five and going to the free throw line. And I think there's about a minute to go. I don't recall, but it's getting close and weird. And it's like, wait, we can't pursue a record right now. We need to sock this win away, right? So Devin was out there. And he had just gotten Dirk a shot and Dirk had just missed, and then there was a foul. So Cleveland's going to the free throw line and I'm I'm, you know, hunkered down there. And Devin is about ten feet away from me on the so Dirk's underneath the basket, getting ready to rebound. And I can't tell what Devin's doing, but it looks like he is messing with Dirk, just barking and chirping, and dude, I'm getting you all these shots, and you're not making these he shots. He missed like five straight. Yeah, he's like, What are we doing? He's pointing. And he's, he's, you know, he's messing with him. Those guys obviously go way back. And if our listeners don't know, Devin tied J.J. Berea on that night, that Saturday night. Or was it the Monday night game? I think it was, it was on Monday. Monday night game. Yeah. For most games played with their Jets number one. And now Devin and J.J. are tied. So uh, I'm trying to like lean in. I'm like, wait, can I hear what he's saying there? And right at that moment, Devin locks eyes with me. And then he just shakes his head like, can you believe this guy? Can you believe him missing these shots? I'm like, man, I love these surreal moments during an NBA game where I just, I, you know, you can't obviously just have a mic down there at all times, but the stuff that they do catch on the mic up that we don't get to hear, that's that's the real gold. Yeah, that's absolutely. the real gold. There
0: are a few that make the light of day, like the, the Draymond talking about, Paul Pierce on they the bench. Saying they don't like, they love don't you, love like, you that. like that. They don't love you. They like don't that. love you like that. Yeah, there's there's some funny moments. There was one actually that <laughs> of uh, of Kobe and Dirk that surfaced recently from like 2008 or 2009, and it was very late in the game. I want to say it was like tied or within a couple points in LA with like two minutes left, three minutes left, and uh, the mic caught Kobe talking about. I think Dirk had just hit a shot or something, and like Powell was shooting free throws, and Kobe said, "Oh, I see you, big German. I see you, big German. It's our time now. Like, let's go." And uh, that was that was pretty cool. That's too. real cool. Yeah, I love that cool. stuff. Yeah. So uh, Dirk came up just a bit short, but that obviously set the stage for Monday whenever I think it was expected that it would be over early. Yeah, uh, it, it actually happened earlier than I thought, though. Yeah, I mean, super. It, it was.
1: It I well, want to take that
0: back. I, I, I was I thought he was going to get the first shot of the game. I, mean, I thought it was going to be like, let's get this done right now.
1: OK, so I going into the game, I started thinking about the whole idea is like, well, they're not going to start Devin. And Devin wants that. And I was like, the other team is thinking that they're going to force feed Dirk. And so I started overthinking. And I was like, man, if I'm Rick, I might use that to my advantage and try to build up a quick lead and then start working it to Dirk, right? Which they kind of did. They kind of did. But there was a really funny moment where Dirk got switched off. He was like right elbow extended, probably about 18 feet. And I can't remember if it was Peyton that was on him. And when he felt the little guy on his hip, he started smiling. And then he smiled as he caught the ball. And then they sent the double team, and he turned and just fired a pass. I think it was Dorian in the corner on the opposite corner, a little skip pass. But it was just so funny to me that he was smiling as he caught it, just thinking – Boy, they're sending everybody at <laughs> me right now, aren't they? So it's I, the first time he's been double teamed in <laughs> three years. <laughs> but uh, that shot he made, the first one he made over Anthony Davis, I was like, oh, crap. This it was is, nothing but net, man. It was nothing but net. And that was a long dude flying out at him. I was like, oh, he's next shot. It's over.
0: Yeah, yeah, it got done quick. Yeah, and to the fans' credit, I mean, Dallas is—it's a tough place to get to, uh, American Airlines Center yeah. in the middle of rush hour right, on a Monday, right, and right. traffic, blah, 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 blah. But that—I mean—the place is packed. this packed, off, which is good because they knew this was yeah. going to be over quick. Monday you know?
1: night against the Pelicans normally doesn't draw like that. Yeah, no. And I didn't actually go out and look on the secondary market just to see, but I heard that tickets were outrageous. I'm
0: sure they were. Yeah, I was talking with somebody about that beforehand because like the tickets for April 9th are just out of this world right. I mean, that's going to cost you like an arm and a leg but right. this game because no one really expected that it was going to be that night and his scoring barrage against Cleveland was so late in that game it's mm. like 10 p.m on Saturday before you know that it's going to happen on
1: Monday right so it did, just didn't have that much time to climb so but my uh, buddy uh I, 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 f- our buddy follow he and I have another mutual buddy and Falwell's got tickets, you know, and so uh I want to go. So my buddy, had he, he works, you know, uh, he doesn't work on Sundays and Mondays. So he requested that New Orleans game like three months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, and was like, yeah, no problem. And so yeah. <laughs> it just worked out perfect yeah. for him to be I had a couple building. friends
0: at the game on Saturday night, and I was like, yeah, there probably not going to happen. And then in the fourth quarter, they're going nuts. And then, of course, you know, comes up a bit short. So yeah. they, they were bumming pretty hard. But, hey. You never know what you're going to see at an NBA That's game. That's Why
1: you go to every one of those things? Yeah. Wait, I love that slogan the NBA says. What is it? It's only live once. Is that what they say? Yeah, I've been seeing that on commercials or something. It's only live once. Pretty true, man. You
0: do see something You see something new almost every time you go. Yeah. And unfortunately on Monday there was there was the greatness of Dirk passing Wilt and then there was also the way the game ended. Those are two things <laughs> that I don't think I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> you know. But uh Dirk's second jump shot. Or maybe he missed one before that. Uh, no, he was 2 for 2, right? Uh, yes, it, he was yeah. two for two. So after a second shot goes in, he, of course, passes Wilt, and then there was a stoppage of play shortly afterward. Unlike whenever he got 30K against the Lakers, the game kept going for like two minutes, and it was really bizarre. Yeah. It was like turnover, turnover, turnover. Right. And then Dirk finally hit that, that pump fake dribble three, and the place just like exploded. Luke Walton finally called timeout, the jerk. But, uh, yeah, Stoppage of play. Dirk walks off the floor. There's uh, a nice video that plays and standing ovation. And Maxi subs in for him, which I'm sure was pretty cool for Maxi too. Yeah, to see man. This guy passed Wilt, but um, dude, Wilt freaking Chamberlain skin. Yeah, dude. Unbelievable. Someone that people my age, I'm 27. People my age and younger know him from the the 100 meme. You know. Yeah, holding up the sign. Um, you've maybe seen some finger rolls. There was a video, the Chamberlain Archive is a really good account to follow on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I'm sure they're on Instagram, too, if you're one of those people. But they just tweet out, Wilt, you know, box scores or videos, interviews, things like that. And um, a video surfaced yesterday. I'm sure it's been online before, but uh, it was just six minutes of Wilt fadeaways. Really? He had, he had a pretty nasty fadeaway jumper. From so like at the, he could stretch it out to like fifteen feet off the glass. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I how think there's
1: there's this misperception that okay, he was covered by f- five foot four accountants, and that's mm-hmm. why. So uh, Wilt was a high jumper. You know that, right? Yeah, He's he was like seven a, a foot Olympian level yes. high jumper, right? And so he was not just a big guy. He was a phenomenal athlete. Uh, and the the other thing about this is that you know, like for example. If it, uh, coaches do things with players, and that's the pervasive basketball thought of the day, if Elajuan had come along in the modern game, Elajuan would be draining threes and taking dudes off the dribble. Elajuan's way more athletic than Embiid, for example. It's not even close. Yep. And Embiid's a freak, right? Mm. So Elajuan made David Robinson look bad. Oh my God, he was so good. I mean, he was so good. Whenever we get into this foreign-born player stuff, and he's from here and there, well, he went to American college, blah blah blah, but. Take all that stuff away. To me, like, if I'm putting my dream team together, my center is Olajuwon. I mean, I loved Akeem Olajuwon. And yeah. part of it was I was, you know, 11 years old when Jamma was going on. And so anyways, but but my whole point is that I think there's this perception that, you know, Wilt just shot three-footers and dunked on five eight guys. And it's he could do anything. He was as gifted a basketball player as he's ever been. They literally changed the lane because of him. If you go look at old pictures, the lane used to be much thinner. It looked it, like a key. It looked like a key. That's why it's called the key. The key. Uh, so, uh, and he was just too big and too strong and all those kinds of things. So, they changed the game because of him. But Wilt was very talented. And I think also people probably look at free throw percentages. But, dude, you know, Wilt led the league in assist one year. We realize that, right? Just to prove that he could. Just to show that I mean, that's the ultimate middle finger. That's the ultimate middle finger. Now it helps to have Jerry West, and I think Elgin Baylor might have been gone by then. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, But anyways, my whole point is that he could do all these things, but there's just not that much footage that exists to really appreciate Wilt. And so I kind of joke around that he's more of a myth than anything else. He's like— kaiser soze from usual suspects or yep. something but it's just the name wilt like you know there's no footage at all of the hundred point game yeah I mean, there,
0: there is a radio call is there really but even then is you know there this is the generation of conspiracy theorists so uh-huh. like they, huh. yeah they just faked it kind of like uh the george orwell martian invaders or whatever thing but like 100 points in the game, man. I mean, that's pretty inarguable.
1: No, it's amazing.
0: And the, the guy is losing his mind, and I would never heard the radio call. I didn't even know that there was a radio call of it, but there, the call was in that video. So go watch that. I forget where it, where I saw it. I'll try and find it and retweet it, but uh, that video was amazing. I mean, yeah. there's footage from him playing college in, like, a high school gym. I mean, he was, he was so dominant, not just around the rim, but that fadeaway was just unbelievable. I mean, he had... He had serious touch, which is what makes his free throw percentage kind of unbelievable to me because you see this guy shoot 15-foot fadeaways off the glass, but mm-hmm. his free throws were... Right. That's such a middle thing, too. Yeah. And that's what is. Luke is dealing with right now.
1: Yeah. Whatever that thing is, he's got to go in there and correct it. I mean... Is there any reason that LeBron misses the free throws he misses? It's all mental.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, people like to say that he's a choker. I mean, but.
1: whatever. It's like, is there any reason that uh, you know? I saw. Uh, I think Dustin Johnson's an incredible golfer, and I saw him three putt from twelve feet to lose a tournament. I mm-hmm. mean, is there any reason that he should? At worst, two putt. No. Well, it's at just worst,
0: like if you if you get in a car wreck then the next time you change lanes you might be a little more like i don't know what to, you yeah. know i mean it's just sometimes it's weird human nature behavior yeah you get the, you get kind of the yips yeah. you know everybody gets them yep. if you fall except jordan yeah except mike except mike <laughs> you fall going up the steps then the next time you walk up steps you're going to be a little you might slip because you're trying too hard not to slip you right, know right. like it just happens it just happens um but, yeah, Wilt is kind of like you said. He's just a mythological figure because his numbers are just so outrageous.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like uh, – How do you average 50 a game? So that that stretch, what was it, 46 a game that Harden averaged in February? Uh, something like that. Something, but that was for like
0: 12 games.
1: Yes, and that's my point. And that seemed so absurd. In an era where you can shoot threes. Right. Uh, it's Yeah, right. And it seems so absurd that he was able to, to pull that off in the first place um but to go 50 a night for a season, come on man, what are we doing here? Yeah. How do, how do you make sense of that?
0: Yeah, and there are I mean there are some caveats I guess if you're really trying to be one of those guys like back then in the 60s, 61 or 62 is when he did that. I think it was the 61-62 season. I think you're right. which was his second or third year in the league. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Um but back then they were playing, you know, like we were talking about with Robertson on the last podcast. They were playing 125 possessions a game. So you have right. a lot more chances to score, but you still got to score. And when the opposing team knows that it's going to you, and when there's only nine teams in the league or eight teams in the league, so every center is probably going to be pretty good. And they can, you know, you play the same team eight times a year so they can prepare for you, you know. Right. It's still really impressive to do it. So yeah, 50 points is,
1: I mean, dude, I'd it's like amazing. It, It's, I mean, it's <laughs> probably outrageous. I li- I think there's probably guys that are recently retired that couldn't go average 50 a game in a city league.
0: Well, look at look at Europe, man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of NBA players go to Europe and play in like the B league in France. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of talented players in the world. Yeah. And scoring 50 a game is hard, even like once. doing it once is hard. I'm not trying to talk crap about anybody, but I mean, there's players on the Mavs that probably couldn't score like I don't know if Dorian would be an all-league player in Spain, for mm-hmm. example. There's right. just – you have to have a certain skill set in order to score 50 points. Right. You know, you have to be Shot maker deluxe. Incredible. Now, Dorian would be the best defender in – maybe in all of Europe. Mm-hmm. But offensively is another – it's a, another thing. Right. So, uh, 50 points, not bad at all. Uh, Dirk, I thought that was – I thought this was a pretty interesting stat. Mm-hmm. Will averaged 50 a game for an
1: entire season. Dirk had 50 – in a game twice, <laughs> he scored fifty points again. I twice. remember the Rocket game where he had fifty three, right, yeah. and T Mac had forty eight. Yeah, is the other fifty point game a Phoenix Suns? Game? Uh, no,
0: so he scored fifty against the Suns in the playoffs Play- one yeah, year, but yeah. that does not count. Okay, um, he scored fifty, I believe, against the Golden State Warriors of all teams.
1: When was that? Uh, Why do I not remember
0: that? It was an overtime game. Uh, okay, so it was March twenty third, two thousand six. Uh maybe it wasn't an overtime game. He played forty one minutes. That's 16 ironic. Sixteen of twenty four from the field, yeah. Uh hit three threes in that game, sixteen of seventeen from the free throw line. He had fifty one points, nine rebounds, five assists. Uh that game then they did went not to go to overtime. Golden State won one twenty two to one twenty one. Uh that was a game in which I wanna say they got a missed Yeah. 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 Do you, okay, re- hold on. Do you remember this game? The Golden State won by one point. Do you remember how it ended?
1: Was, th- th- was this in uh, Oakland or was it here? Uh, this game was in Dallas. Is this the... the uh, I'm suddenly blanking on the athletic two-guard. Uh, yeah, no, Jason... Jason Richardson. Did he hit a 40-footer? Yeah. Okay, I remember that. Now.
0: Basketball Reference calls it a 24-footer, but that is BS. He it made was that a shot bomb. from half court. It
1: was a bomb, dude. Yeah. And he did it off the dribble. Yeah,
0: so uh, the Mavs okay, were winning... Okay, I remember all this now. Yeah, the <laughs> Ma- the Mavs were winning one. Twenty to one seventeen, um, Jerry Sackhouse made both free throws, so they're they're up three with eight seconds left. Golden State inbounds and the Mavs foul. Mm-hmm. Derek Fisher makes both free throws. Derek Fisher, uh, Mavs get the ball and Jet is fouled by Monte Ellis of all people. Okay, goes to the free throw line, makes the first one. Uh, the Mavs sub out Eric Dampier and sub in Marquise Daniels, so they get a little smaller. Okay, Jet misses the second free throw.
1: Come on, Jet.
0: Jason Richardson gets the rebound, takes a couple dribbles, puts up a 50-footer.
1: I remember now. Game over. Yep, Yep. I remember that shot.
0: That was a tough one. And that was kind of a harbinger of things to come the next season whenever Golden State beat the Mavs in the playoffs and hit at least 10 half-court shots. I
1: mean, the one Baron Davis made off – I mean, that was like you're going, this isn't real, right? This isn't – I still maintain that – the. I mean, I know a lot of people disagree. I still maintain they went on an East Coast road trip. They went undefeated on that road trip. It was mid-March, and they were never the same team after it. I think they, I think they flamed out. Which year was this? 2007? This was the 2007. Yeah, when they lost in the first round to Golden State. It Our, was a in March. I think they went six and zero on an East Coast road trip, and I think it was the only time it had ever been done, or something like that. I can't remember the exact details, and I just remember when I would watch the team. Oh my
0: God, you're. You have a good memory.
1: I remember the games that I watched the team after that trip. They just looked like they didn't have because, dude they they started the season. Uh, I can't remember were they one and three? They or were zero and four. Zero and four. Golden and, State was the fourth loss, and then they went on an incredible run to end up. That was the sixty seven win season, and uh, were so good. But I, f- you know, I'm not criticizing. I, I think Avery ran them into the ground.
0: I mean, we kind of saw this, a similar thing happen with the Warriors mm-hmm. uh, 10 years later. They went they go 73-9, and nine and mm-hmm. they did make it through the playoffs, obviously, to the right. finals up 3-1. But you just kind of, whenever you work as hard as you can for 82 games, yeah. instead of work almost as hard as you can, right. then sometimes you do run out of gas. But you were right on that. They went to Detroit, who at the time was still one of the best teams in the league, uh, they went to Detroit, New York, Cleveland, which made the finals, Boston, Atlanta, and then uh, ended up in New Orleans, Oklahoma City, which at the time was playing in Oklahoma City, I think. Uh, they went 6-0. and Then they played Milwaukee and New York and won, both of them, at home to improve to 61-11, and capping off a stretch in which they won 61 out of 68 games. It's incredible. Pretty good, yeah. Dude, that season was amazing. Uh, but then after that, yeah, lost to Phoenix. Beat Sacramento by four. This is the game that I remember. Uh, I want to say this was an ESPN game at Denver on Friday night. They lose seventy-five to seventy-one, uh, and that was their thirteenth loss of the season, ending the quest for seventy. Now they did win three of their or four of their next five after that, mm-hmm. but that was kind of yeah. Things they just, changed.
1: They, they looked different. Like yeah. when I watched them, I was like, this team looks. I mean, they're obviously they're the bat, best team in the NBA record-wise and all that, but they just and they were coming off a of final, so they're confident. Mm. But they just looked like. I don't know. They just looked like they were kind of running in mud.
0: Yeah. It was sad. Obviously, they won the title a few years later, so we can all talk about this as friends. We don't have to get too <laughs> We don't <laughs> have to get too bummed about, about it, it, but right. at the time, man, that was that was probably uh the worst sports summer of my life. It I wasn't think. a good one, dude. 07 was pretty bad. It wasn't a good one. Yeah, but anyway, uh so back to Dirk. Dirk is pretty good. I think it's safe to say uh he's back in his rightful place. Sixth all time among scorers ever. What's up?
1: Um, can he come back and go catch Jordan? We gonna do that?
0: So he's what I think seven hundred or eight hundred points behind MJ. Maybe nine hundred uh-huh. uh, or like under. I think under nine hundred, but more than eight hundred. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's average about it's, ten a game. I thought
1: it games. was eight hundred and twenty or something like that. Towards okay. like if you go for ten a game and play eighty two games, you're there. Then you can do it. <laughs> and I mean, hey, anything's possible. And
0: it's, just you just think about it. Like whenever he. Uh, Whenever he passed Shaq, so uh-huh. Shaq was the last player that he passed. Yes. That was, like, in December of 2015. So I remember writing about it after it happened, or maybe even ahead of the 2016-17 season, like a like a season preview kind of thing. Like, uh-huh. what are we looking for this year? And uh, I was writing about how it's going to be pretty likely here in the next two years that Dirk will pass Will because at the time he needed, like, 1,300 points, which for him is one good season or carrying over to the second one. Right. But, of course, he missed the first 20-something games of the 16-17 season. And then last year, he missed a few games at the end of the year. And then this this season, he missed the first 20-something. Yeah. So that's like 50 games that are gone. And then, of course, there was a lockout his rookie year. Right. And then there was the lockout whenever he was still in his prime. Right. And the lockout kind of led to them making some roster decisions which made the team a little worse for the future
1: they didn't get to fully enjoy their championship because of that lockout yeah but like well you know what i mean
0: yeah but that alone playing 50 his rookie year and then 66 uh missing a couple games that season Mm -hmm. that's 40 50 games plus 40 50 more i mean he could have already passed mike if it weren't for the two lockouts and then one of these injuries but of course a lot of players could have a whole lot now, more points if they never would have got hurt. Now, let's MJ missed almost an entire season by getting hurt one time. Early uh, in his his career second too. year, yeah. is that
1: right? And then also he retired for two years or a year and a half, whatever. Yeah. And then also keep in mind that same lockout that started Dirk's career ended his Bulls run. Yeah. That was when he stopped playing for them. Yeah.
0: That was their one last dance, if you will. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, just interesting to think about that. He, he already could have done it, but he didn't. But uh, this moment at American Airlines Center... So, the previous two players that he passed, Moses and Shaq, mm-hmm. uh, he did so in Brooklyn, back-to-back years. He did it in 2014-15. He passed Moses on a three, I think, from Rondo. Is that right? I think that was, yeah. It was a three-pointer, and I want to say Rondo passed it to him uh, because Rondo was wide open and Dirk was double-teamed. And Dirk took the, <laughs> Dirk took the shot <laughs> uh, to pass Moses. And then uh, he passed Shaq. The following season, just before Christmas, uh, baseline jumper, I want to say from Barea, I think, was the play to okay. pass Shaq. Uh, the Shack. The last time that he, had a, that he passed somebody on the scoring list was at home. It was at Elvin Hayes. It was against the Lakers in December of 2014. Before that was Hakeem, and I think he did that on free throws in Dallas. Is that right? I don't yeah. remember that. And then before that was Oscar. That was in Utah on mm-hmm. a jumper, like right at the end of the 13-14 season, I think. Um so he went from 10 to 6 pretty quick. I want to say in like 80 games. It, yeah. di- it didn't take him very long. It was a flurry. It, yeah, the gap between Shaq and Wilt was huge. It's like 1200 points or something. It took him a while to get there. Uh 30k happened at home, of course. Passing Wilt happened at home. I'm trying to think am I missing any other significant milestones or are those the two signature milestones outside of playoffs in in Dallas, maybe not Dallas sports, but certainly Mavs history. I mean, there, what other significant moments have happened in that building where you would put them
1: up there with, with those two things? Um, I, I, I think that's it. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, for me, it's like so much of the last couple of years has really been all about climbing the scoring ladder that, you know, I'm sure there's other significant milestones you know it's funny one that I think is underrated but is just happened recently didn't he just recently pass Stockton for games played He did yeah So is he just now behind Parish and Abdul Jabbar Yeah and he
0: needs to play if he plays one more year he'll pass Kareem most so,
1: likely I mean that's an extraordinary extraordinary accomplishment that people Carl don't. Malone too. Oh no 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 he passed Malone sorry He passed Malone yeah. yeah And Stockton was ahead of Malone yeah, yeah. So that's an extraordinary thing that n- people don't really give credence to mm. But just to be there and playing that much, it just, it says so many things other than look at all these points he scored or look at all these rebounds this guy got. Just still being there is so amazing and not enough is said about that.
0: The you, the old cliche is the most important ability is availability. availability. Absolutely. And so he's played 1,510 regular season games. On top of that, he's played 145 playoff games, which is basically two more seasons. Mm-hmm. So, 1510 plus 145, he's played almost 1,700 games. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of dirt. It's man. a lot of dirt. That's a lot of dirt. That's all the dirt. I wouldn't trade one of them for the world, by the way. Maybe one where he was like 0 for 9 or something. I would trade that game for the world, but right. I wouldn't trade any of the good ones for the world. I wouldn't either. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty significant milestone, too. You're right. I mean, just to think that it's only Parrish and Kareem, and maybe we can talk about this later, but in the event that he does come back. He's passing Kareem, because right now he's 50 games behind him. Wow. So at there's still, what, 10 or 11 games left this year, mm-hmm. plus 82, of course, next S- year. And
1: so, again, I'm not, at, uh, I'm not looking at the stats and stuff, but if it is about 820 and there's how many games left this year? Uh, I want to say 10 or 11. 10 or 11? There might be 12. I, so don't know. I, I could look. It's possible that he could knock another 80 to 100 points off of the MJ chase. This year? Yeah.
0: They've, they've played 70 games, so they have 12 games left. So. Now they do have two back to backs, right? But one of them is uh, a road one. It's Portland and then Sacramento, and I'm not. And, and Sacramento's the back leg uh, road game. Dirk
1: does have some Sacramento memories, so mm-hmm. I, I
0: feel like he'd want to play that game. I think. I think so. he wants to play them all. No I think he what. wants to play them all at this point, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we're
1: not really gearing up for anything. Yeah.
0: And then the other back-to-back this season uh, remaining is the 31st and the 1st. And the 31st, they're at OKC, but it's a day game. Mm-hmm. And then the 1st, they're at home against Philly. So I, I would assume because it's a day game and short travel, I I think he's good to play both of those. I think so. But, uh, yeah, he could potentially knock off another 100. Easy. What,
1: what, so what is your feeling then on the final game of the year, the San Antonio game? Well, I like, don't
0: know, man. I mean, okay, so... I,
1: we can get into that now if you want. So, so we, We'll we talk about it more in another podcast, but I, I wouldn't mind just c- quickly getting your thoughts. Like, what do you think is happening there? So,
0: I th- April 9th is the Mavs' last home game of the season. That's right. against Phoenix. Right. The next night, they're in San Antonio. Right. And I know whether or not this is it for Dirk, uh-huh. which I really don't know if it is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't based either. Based on how he's playing, and we've talked about this a little bit right. on this here program, but, uh, whether or not that's the last game, I'm not even sure Dirk knows. I don't think he knows either. It's going to be such an emotional night, and it's going su- to drag on. in, in his point of, From his point of view, it's going to drag on. There's right. going to be stuff after the game. There's going to be an enormous press conference, I'm sure, after the game. He'll have to go to the podium, not uh, do it from the locker room. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long night, and then you're going to have to make the drive to the airport, fly to San Antonio, make the long drive to the hotel, make the long drive to the arena, for a game that probably will not matter right? And based on San Antonio's playoff positioning and based off the Mavs lottery positioning I'm not even sure that who's gonna play in that game so I just I don't know I don't know if he's gonna play I th- that is the third back-to-back I, I left that off do, but you, do you think he'll even make the trip I don't know I do know that uh We're sending a bus full of Mavs employees to that game. To the San Antonio game? Yeah, to the San Antonio game to kind of, you know, they're going to leave that morning, go down there, you know, tailgate and stuff and and watch the game and cheer him on. Uh, I also know that Greg Popovich coaches the Spurs, and if there's one guy in the NBA from the front office side that will not only respect the European game, but also. He's kind of like the the coach equivalent of Dirk, like the GM equivalent of Dirk, the guy that really kind of Dirk paved the way for the players, and Pop capitalized on that, right? Getting Ginobili and Parker. Yep. So I think those two are very like poetically attached, and a lot all the playoff battles and everything. So I'm sure Pop would do something great for Dirk, and I'm sure Dirk would love to see Pop one more time. It just if it was any other team, Mm -hmm. like if it was like the Hornets or the Blazers or like the the Thunder, like. I would say, no, oh, no, he's definitely not doing it. But because it's the Spurs, I think he kind of wants to. But then, if that is it, this is like the the level of mental gymnastics I'm going to. I'm I'm with you though. So keep going. If that really is it, I would be so pissed off if he ended his career in San Antonio. That's exactly you know? right.
1: <laughs> I I think he I think he makes the trip and doesn't play. Yeah. But dude, I mean, we're just right with this. I feel like a bookie or something over here yeah. making odds. I mean, it's like. I don't know, but I but those exact same thoughts you just went to, I agree with. I'm like, I don't think Dirk wants his last game to be in San Antonio. And I'm sure, uh, look, the Spurs maybe I'm an idiot
0: have very proud fans. I mean, uh, you know, that just from every time they come to Dallas. If you've ever been to a Mavs Spurs game at American Airlines Center, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Spurs fans that go, and they're very loud. They love their team. Yes, in games in San Antonio, they do quite a bit of, you know friendly taunting and all that stuff. I mean they're they really love their Spurs. That's yes. one team town and the Mavs have been their one of their biggest rivals for 20 years, if yep. not their biggest rival. The Mavs have knocked them out of the playoffs whenever they were pre- should have won the title like in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh 2009 the Mavs beat them as a 6 seed. They've had some very memorable battles. Dirk has been public enemy number 1 there for a while. All that said, I'm sure that they would give him a better treatment than any other road team. Any other collection of road fans? I think that's all they accurate. Would, they would give him the the loudest and longest ovation. Other this side of Dallas, basically, you know.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think that's, I think that's all one thousand percent accurate. You want to hear a weird thing from a buddy of mine that worked in San Antonio doing sports talk radio? Sure. Everything you just said is accurate. They do on sports talk in San Antonio probably five times as much Dallas Cowboys talk as they do San Antonio Spurs talk. Really? Yes wow because it's the cowboys yeah and that is why remember all that i don't know if you're following this the raiders might move to san antonio mm. jerry jones was not letting that happen <laughs> there was no way san that antonio was, was a big cowboys market. it's a huge cowboy market they've done training camp there i've been there covering training camp it they are is pat, everything you said about their love for the spurs is right man quadruple that for the cowboys for really them. it's nuts it's nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. But I, I I love all your points. I would love to see. I guess you know I'm just sort of feeling anxious. Yeah, because I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't. But I mean, I've been thinking all this time. Dirk's not going to go play his final game in San Antonio. And if he even if he thinks he's going to play next year, he won't know for sure. But now I'm sitting there going, well, hell. What what what? I mean, I could see him going, taking the flight down there and hanging with his teammates. Because if he if if. He knew. I'm sure, like
0: Duncan is going to probably go to the game. You right. know, Ginobili will be there, and right, you know, Dirk probably hated those guys in the playoffs, but loves them. I'm now. sure he loves Manu. I you guarantee know? you, and he and Ginob- loves Duncan. Yeah, nothing but respect. Those are Duncan and Dirk are like two of the the just the best stars ever.
1: You know, what is your favorite uh, San Antonio Dallas moment? Uh, it Has
0: one? to be Game Seven, the the layup. Did And one the with and Ginobili one layup, Yeah, because that that was. I was 14 or 15 when they were playing that series, so that uh-huh. was like peak fandom and just like Dirk is my idol kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the ultimate sports roller coaster of Manu hitting that three to give them the lead, the 22 point lead, or whatever it was, is gone. And I'm thinking oh dear. they're going to get freaking knocked out. Blown yep. a 3 1 lead to the Spurs because Manu Ginobili got wide open from three somehow. Yeah. And then Dirk, of course, <laughs> hit that end one. And that was like, that was the ultimate low to high thing. And
1: if you're a Spurs fan, Ginobili giveth and Ginobili taketh away. Absolutely. The uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hipster response. My for me it was when the Mavericks played the Spurs in their first ever game and Abdul Jelani went off. Oh, they won okay. their first ever game against the Spurs <laughs> yeah. in nineteen eighty. No, I don't unforgettable. Uh, unforgettable. Unforgettable. Uh yeah, that's that's such an iconic moment. It's so amazing. That's probably the that's the dark moment.
0: I that's mean, the dark moment. Is is he had a couple game winners in the finals, but yeah. like if you're telling the story just from a narrative arc, everything that happened before that layup mm-hmm. was the past and mm-hmm. everything that happened after that layup was the Dirk. That the arrival. He, you know, yeah. I yeah. mean, that was that was his arrival, like yep. you said. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play in that game. But I guess the bigger question is, is April 9th going to be the last time we see
1: him play at home? I mean, I'm probably going to try to get in some pickup games with him this summer. So, <laughs> you know, for me nah, – no, I'm joking. Uh, if I had to b- wager, I'd probably wager yes. But I truly think that – even if Dirk is more leaning towards one way, which i sure he is, I'm sure there's some voices going, you know, and it's whether or not. And I'm sure his wife, you know, we always talk about what does Dirk want? What is Dirk this and that? Well, what is his wife thinking about all and this? He's got, yeah, he's got a wife and three kids. Yeah, I'm married and trust me, I can't uh, just make decisions in a vacuum about what's going to happen with my life. Yeah. So especially when it entails something in which you're gone a lot.
0: And Dirk's family in Germany is still very involved in his foundation Mm -hmm. i mean his sister runs his foundation Mm -hmm. so i mean there's a lot of and he wants to whether or not he retires he's going to still live in dallas and he's still going to do a lot of foundation work right so like him retiring is not like i'm going to go on vacation for six years it's like i'm going to stop playing and i'm going to immediately do other things like there's going to be no there'll be a nice little vacation in there but it's not like a he's not going to go on a sabbatical or anything right but um i don't know man I don't know. the more the season goes on him scoring 14 him coming in the other night against new Orleans and banging in a few jump shots and then sitting down like that it's just so it's so easy like it, and if he's still having fun which he wasn't earlier but, he but now in every interview now, now, now he's like it's a it's a whole lot more fun yeah and if he knows that with the summer of rest his ankle will get a little bit better maybe mm-hmm. gets a little treatment get a little bit stronger move mm-hmm. a little better maybe his jump shot will be a little more reliable uh you still got Luka. You still got Porzingis. Yep. You got 30-something million in cap space. Next season could be a whole lot more fun for everybody. Absolutely. So I'm just not... Come in it I, with some fun. I think that everybody, and this is true for road fans and also for Mavs fans, everyone is kind of like, yay, Dirk, Like as they're kind of guiding him toward the door and like they're holding the door open for him. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, just g- go ahead and leave now. You're awesome. Like, I think... Everyone is expecting him to, uh, April 9th, grab the mic and say, thank you, everybody. It was a great career. I love you guys. I'm done. And then drop the mic and walk off. Right. But, like, it's going to be, no matter when he retires, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to be like a fax or like a press release, Tim Duncan style. Like, it's going to be just real, like, real boring and and low-key. He'll be in
1: Germany when it hits the media. Yeah, probably, and just, like,
0: way out of touch. But I just don't think that he knows in his in his mind, and is like his heart of hearts. And there's no rush for him to make the choice either. Yeah. Like he's going to go in the summer as a free agent. They don't owe him any money. What if he went on a big free agent tour? <laughs> what a dirk way <laughs> like, to go. He pays out. a visit to like the Bucks or yeah. something. Hey, I like but what you guys are doing here. There's no pressure on him to make a decision. There's no pressure on the Mavs to be like, you've got to decide now because he's going to play for the minimum and
1: he's going to be the 15th man. Yep. There's no like. There's no pressure at all for him to make a decision one yeah. way or the other. I, if I was him, I'd make it in training camp. Mm. I'd come see how I feel compared to what this last year was. And if I feel the way I felt now in September, I'd go play. Wouldn't it be weird if he was part of the
0: 20-man roster and he decided this was it and they had to like cut him? <laughs> <laughs> Can Dirk be
1: a two-way player? Is he going to spend they, some time with the legends?
0: That would be pretty funny, actually. Be, nah, he's, uh, uh, he'll know. He'll know. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't know if this is it, man, but he's
1: playing way better now than he did three months ago, two months ago, whatever. I really think that that All-Star weekend was a springboard for these flurries we've seen. Mm. Because that's what we've gotten. We've gotten flurries, right? Flurries of greatness. Uh, And they're shorter bursts and those kinds of things uh, than they were last year. But I just think think that's where momentum started really picking up. I mean, Mm. there were some moments before that, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, you know the the, uh, the Utah game on the road. He had a nice little run. Orlando, he was killing yeah, it absolutely. Um, and then we saw the ten zero run against Cleveland the other night. So, point being, uh, those things are achievable where they weren't three months ago. Yeah,
0: because three months ago he was trying.
1: Yeah, I mean he would, he had to
0: try just to move. Like right. he had no training camp. He had no anything. It was basically like. Are you good to go? Yeah, I'm probably like seventy five percent. All right, go. You're right. you're playing now against right. <laughs> against super athletes. Yeah, but uh, now he's kind of up to speed, and there's still some stinkers mixed in there. Sure, you know he's had a couple like one for tens or whatever, but he's also had some four for fours. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but maybe maybe he just might pass MJ. Let's I've, count on I have it. no idea. i have just I'm not I'm not committed one way or the other to whether this is it or not. But uh,
1: well, this was kind of the dirt cast. Yeah, it was kind of the dirt cast. And we'll see what we got brewing for next week. Any
0: parting shots for him? They're they're on a three game road trip. He's playing in Portland tonight, Golden State on Saturday. I'm sure the fans are going to do pretty awesome. Are you going to be, be there that for game? that? Yeah? We're
1: sending the whole pregame show, and then I'll be on the broadcast, and so we'll be ready. Are you going to
0: gonna go. interview the hole in the wall? I, th- I should. Yeah, <laughs> that's dirt. pretty. That's pretty epic. They're the hole in the wall and they're uh, moving it to
1: the new facility.
0: Yeah, that is going to be. A great game. It's gonna be a late one, nine thirty. But stay up and nope. watch it. No, it's it really a uh,
1: seven thirty Dallas tick. Really? It's Five o'clock in in the bay. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Is man. that, that
0: going to be on like ABC or something? I or don't What's know. the reasoning?
1: I don't know. No, if it's on ABC, we wouldn't be broadcasting it.
0: Oh, because national? Yeah.
1: Whenever wow. ABC comes in, they shut us down.
0: Wow. Okay. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Yep. Seven thirty. So yep. then definitely watch it. Yes. Watch it and then go out and enjoy and go it go out and you some
1: uh, delicious beer or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be like great. To be. I
0: mean, it's gonna be Luca versus KD. Yep. It's gonna be. I mean, it's just gonna be, dude. Yeah, be that's awesome. gonna be awesome. Will yeah. Porzingis
1: play playing that game. Wait, what? Who said yeah. <laughs> that? That got weird.
0: That did get weird. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, I love Dirk. I do too. I love him more than you do. I don't think so. I know. I do. We'll see. Oh, I lo- I love. Uh, yeah. I love you too. I love though, you so. too, Bob. Okay, yeah. we can agree that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, it is numbers on the boards. We will be back with you guys next week.
1: See you.